Greetings, friends. Welcome back to the Film Alchemist Podcast, the show where we look at movies we love. Break them apart to find out what gives them their magic. I'm your host, Josh Griffey, joined again by my cherry red mint vintage and murderous co-host, Alex Dandino. That's right. I do feel bad when I said break it down. I did a little flex, and it's weird. I feel restrained without my hangover tank top on, so... (laughs) Joke's really on you, Alex. That's a throwback. Yeah, well well done. Uh, wow. <laughs> yeah. All right, guys, if you're joining us tonight, uh, we hope you're enjoying yourself. We hope you always enjoy yourself here. Uh, and if you do, we would love to ask you a favor. Please take a second and leave us a rating and review wherever you find the pod, especially if that happens to be Apple Podcast app. That does help us out enormously. And we've seen some of you doing that, and we appreciate that a lot. Thanks, guys. Uh, we're on every social media platform that you're on. Uh, you can get at us anywhere there. You can also email the show, filmalchemistpod at gmail.com, with your ideas for movie we should cover, new stuff, YouTube-only segments, all that good stuff, uh, guest host, anything, themes, months, double features. Uh, we want to hear from you guys. Indeed. So that's how you can get a hold of us. You can also see our faces, uh, as, long as, hear our, as well as hear our voices, along with hear our voices. Indeed. I'll just keep saying things to all the world's fallen there. Ha, <laughs> ha, on our YouTube channel, Nerd Alchemist, plural with an S at the end. If you want to see some stuff, we do some uh, fun new stuff over there. Always working on new content uh, to fill the YouTube up. So find us there. All right, guys. Two more. Two more joyous, joyous film entries uh, in our month of Carpenter. The pod calls a Carpenter, right? This month, we needed the biggest infusion of the most fun and badass movies we could think of. No one makes that movie better than John Carpenter. The last two movies were actually our final two finishers in our poll for the listeners of which John Carpenter movies must we include in our month. Uh, And so that will be The Fog, which won, and number two, Christine, which we're covering tonight. I can't say enough how much I think these two movies kind of in that back-to-back little era, right, the very early 80s, Uh, Halloween, obviously, is John Carpenter's master uh, horror opus. I think The Thing is number two. I mean, they're both right there in what they do, right? One's a little more subtle and sets some rules. The other one kind of blows the roof off of everything. Um, I think both The Fog and Christine are dramatically underrated horror masterpieces. Actually, now I'm just remembering that we recorded this. We already talked about how The Fog's a masterpiece. So this is the last, <laughs> this is the last hurrah with John Carpenter, which is fitting because Christine is essentially a movie about, dang, it's hard to be a white guy that doesn't succeed enough. <laughs> and so here we go. Yeah. Uh, I think Christine, I, I love The Fog, right? The Fog has this imagery and the ghost, it's visceral. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the setting just drips with this kind of gothic old universal movie fun almost. This one is so wildly different. But I actually think it might be the most impressive of John Carpenter's horror movies because, to be fair, and also when I talked to you about this, I don't know when the last time you'd seen this was, but it was kind of like the the dumb killer car movie. Yeah. And I think it gets lumped in with those. This movie is amazingly it's, well-crafted. Yeah, it's interesting. This I, I think I, I my parents listened to the pod. I found this out like two weeks ago. And uh, <laughs> my dad. Shout out. 
My mom's uh, my mom's guy Steve listens to the pod. Shouts out. Yeah. So my parents <laughs> listen, and uh, my parent my my uh, they usually like take a month to like. So they're like, "What's coming next month?" I'm like, "Well, we're doing John Carpenter movies." Like, "Oh, what's the?" And so I listed them off, and like Christine, and then my dad, because of Family Guy, my dad's like, "Oh, is that the uh, Killer Lamp movie?" And I'm like, "Yes, essentially." But like, <laughs> that's but that's what's interesting to me about this is like it's essentially been relegated to this like sort of weird like oh offshoot Stephen King like <laughs> Stephen King and his killer objects whatever you know clowns cars yeah. whatever. This movie though is so much more than that. Like the presentation of it, like I never, I've never read Christine. I can say definitively, I have absolutely no idea what the book is like. I can tell you the movie is like borderline for me. This like psychosexual exploration of male masculinity. It's pretty fascinating. Like Arnie ends up being this avatar for life in general. When it's just like when you're a white guy born on second base. And you can't even get to third. Like, go get some fucking, <laughs> go get some fucking Boss Chevy Fury or whatever the car is. It's so weird. Like, it is just about the, it's about the idolatry we have for objects, but then also the idolatry we have for uh, uh, women in a lot of ways because the car is a woman, and uh, I mean a lot of the time for me the uh, the car itself was not. There's evidence that the car itself was jealous of other women. I think actually this is just Arnie's, Arnie's like inflicting this sort of like pain and this sort of self satisfaction onto the car based on some uh, other scenes from the movie itself. Because the original, I was reading the original book. Apparently, the idea is that the guy who originally like sat in the car, it's his ghost living in the car itself. So he's like, it's like his, it's right. his his vengeful ghost. I personally prefer <laughs> the movie the movie debunks that pretty fast almost Although immediately the idea that it's a car factory worker uh cigar smoking old african-american gentleman is just getting his revenge on all the dipshit whites that drive the car <laughs> yeah. actually works pretty well for me if we're being uh no i think what this movie does right is it gets relegated with like maximum overdrive and joy like all yeah. these like big killer car movies right sure. that I've I've been uh, outed on this a lot. Car movies, not necessarily my thing, right? Death Proof, yes. Other car movies, and eh. wow, not a big Tokyo Drift guy, huh? All right, cool, good to know. Yeah, I know. I I don't I don't fast or furious. You learn you right? learn new stuff every day about people. <laughs> In the Griffey house, where a slow and even killed. That's our way. No, uh, <laughs> but that's what I mean. Is like right. this one is really so much more than that, mm -hmm. and I think it's yeah, it's the characters, right? It's that classic Stephen King coming of age story you just happen to be coming in and all over a car what is great about it though is that i i think it's it's that classic phase where stephen king does this really well where he puts his characters in this in-between world right here's what i thought and hoped i would be at this phase and then here's the chasm between what i wish i was right or what i actually am right and in that gulf becomes this you know abyss of horrors right you see that a little bit with Jack Torrance and, you know, a lot of his characters have this this fault, right? Even the losers in it to a more extreme degree. Yeah. And Arnie in this one, it's funny because he starts off as a fairly sympathetic character, right? And what happens is, is what, what I like the most that really struck me this time is I like the idea of it, 
it's weird because both this and the fog feel really prescient to today, right? Right as a little too the much. Fog's to be like, with you. <laughs> yeah, like the, the old mayor arguing for statues of you know ill-gotten figures of history, yeah. right? You're like, wow, that, is this 2020? <laughs> Christine is kind of the same. Uh, we really wish we could go back to this idealized time, yeah. right? And for a lot of Americans and American men in the time that this movie was made, that was this era of oh, look at the new. Mo- I, I was going to say Model T, but I know that's like the first fucking car. I don't know what this is. The model, believe, you know, the car in the Christine, book is apparently whatever. supposed to be a Chevy Fury. I mean, that's a little on the nose for what we've seen, but also I don't give a fuck about cars. Yeah. So let's just call it the big red ones, yeah, sure. right? The ones where you're like, ah, I can get a girl in here and, you know, take a bra up and have some fun, have some real Cracker Jacks up on the hill, right? That time of life, right? Pleasant, this, Pleasantville. Because. Yeah, we even see Arnie begin to morph into this Fonzarelli yeah, character. Yeah, he does a little bit of a greasy So that thing. he can battle uh, the steroid John Travolta from Welcome Back, Carter. And it's this weird, like, what is happening in this battle of yours? But that becomes this fun thing of it's it's a guy trying to craft himself into what he should be. Right. But through the eyes of what was once what a man should You know what I mean? There's a lot of facade in this car or in this show and I think a car, like a showpiece car, is actually a perfect symbolic parallel for what's happening with these dudes. Yeah, I mean, I think that it's just such a – I, I, I got to be honest. Like when I turned it on, because I had read a lot about it beforehand, I remember thinking when we decided we were going to watch them, like I remember just not liking Christine, like thinking it was really simplistic and kind of like boring – and reading more about it, I, like this is also like one of Carp. Was this movie that John Carpenter made that he like had no, as he puts it, this is his first like time he's ever written or directed a movie for a job rather than like done it because it was a passion yeah. project. So it's interesting to go in with that lens because then you watch it, and honestly, it might be one of his most, uh, I mean, maybe one of like for me like one of some of some of his most lasting imagery like short of obviously like halloween and that kind of stuff like scenes in this movie are incredible and so well crafted and like so well uh scored and all kinds of stuff like everything works for me in christine and it's really fascinating but i mean ultimately i love that i love the idea that this is just like it's not about the car it's about what the car represents it's about what arnie becomes because he starts to not just idolize this car but literally fall in love with it which is why i texted you in the middle of it and said i have a theory that this is the forgotten pilot for my weird obsession that uh reality show on tlc because there's a guy <laughs> on that there's an e- everyone's seen that one episode yeah. i just like to fuck there's an car. episode where that no yeah that guy just fucks his car and i'm like is that just christine like but then i thought about it and i was like wait but no you know what's funny about that because if i remember right he not only fucked his car, but he got in trouble for trying to fuck a lot of cars. No, I don't think. Did I, he? I thought he was. I, I thought he maybe was car- I read that after the fact. That could be fake news. I thought for he was. I, know. I thought he was Carmogamous. Well, you know what Chris Rock said in his famous comedy bit. You know, you show me a ten that's a car, and I'll show you the guy that's tired of fucking it. Right? <laughs> like even the most cherry mint. I don't know. Like what car would Jerry Seinfeld most want to hum? Right. Eventually, he's going to go find you know, it's a, interesting, a fiesta. Though, you know I realized I mean? the one burning question I had at the end of this movie is like, what does the guy from my weird obsession think about this? Because honestly, above all else, I am very curious. Like, <laughs> does he find this movie offensive? 
is like the way the car treated so like <laughs> appalling to him but he really relates to arnie like that is like the that is like the ultimate idolatry to me is like how does the guy from my weird obsession who fucks his car feel about a movie that literally is about a guy who falls in love with his car to the point where he's willing to die for it <laughs> granted there's so it's like essentially you want ted bundy to watch henry and be like yay nay <laughs> yeah pretty much like, i'm t- i'm down no. It is. It is interesting. There right? is. And there's also, one particular scene weird... we'll talk about that I'm like, this is like the yeah. scene. Also, I think there's a couple. Like, I think there are a couple. Uh, you know, semi twisted metal eroticism moments in here. But I, what I was gonna get to is your point on this was John Carpenter doing a job movie, right? Mm-hmm. And I think obviously a lot of directors do job movies. Some directors do exclusively job movies, yes. you know, and they're really good at that kind of flick. Right. What I think you see though. The John Carpenter's touch really early lets you know this is a different kind of movie. Yeah. And I th- I think the opening in the car factory is just unbelievably beautifully shot, yeah, right? Totally. So you kind of have this soft focus floating through this era of men who had jobs, working with their hands, building the things that we went to drive the other things we don't need, right? And now we see this fucking monolith we built upon that model, right? <laughs> Which is, you know... Kind of the whole point of the movie is like, yeah, maybe that wasn't the best fucking idea, but whatever. Uh, and you see this car line, right? And there's this one cherry car and a guy gets in and fucking ashes in it. In the shots, though, they do this great job of it is a car line where everything's the same. But this one, right, they all kind of look like these beige plane cars. And this one really sticks out And the interesting motif, right? They do these great predatory shots. I love the shot of. The guy walking, and we're watching it through Christine's yeah. rearview mirror, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he opens the door, a body falls out. He's trying to honk, and then uh, getting the hand, the the hood slamming, right? Like the jaws of a beast yeah. is such a fucking cool opening. Also cool about that is we haven't yet discovered that there's anything truly supernatural about right. Christine, right? Yeah. So it's just this really cool man being seduced by the image of what this car could be or what he could be in this car right. and it sets up that that kind of predatory sirens call because that's the scene that really jumped out at me this viewing right there, there's a couple things i had big questions about in the missing years right like jesus just disappears in the bible he's like what's up i got the answers christine kind of does that right like she's just out sl- sloughing it right in this guy's yard up on the cinder blocks right. and shit and we know for a fact that she came back to his brother, right? Everyone who's been in that car has died, blah, blah, mm-hmm. blah. I had two questions in this moment about the kind of missing years of Christine, right? One, this is a car we know can fucking fix itself and drive to find a new fucking dingus, right? right? Like, she could just drive and park herself on a used car lot and get another, you know, overweight guy who's not pleased with his wife who wants to, you know, wear a leather jacket and go finger bang. Those guys exist everywhere, right? We all have neighbors. They're everywhere. Dime a dozen. So it's like, why does Christine not do that, right? So there is this extra, you know, Christine letting herself fall into disrepair. The answer I had for this, I don't know if you buy this, that fucking guy, the creepy old man. Yeah. I wonder if that's the guy whose car it actually was, right? Because he keeps talking about it was his brother's car. The one thing I noticed, though, is that Arnie starts mutating into the Fonz. Mm-hmm. 
he starts using the exact phrases that guy used, which maybe he uses his brother's phrase, but maybe that's why Christine, maybe Christine is truly bonded to her drivers, right? We see some moments of that later. So maybe he's starving Christine and she's in disrepair as his own punishment for what he did. And that explains why Christine hasn't been out hunting. I'd say either that or she was a scorned Autobot. And this is like, she's just like slumming it now. She didn't. She just literally needed one inner John Q. Yeah. But, she's, you know, energy, you know <laughs> Optimus Prime was like, be gone, ho. And that was like, that was Christine's life. Be gone, thought. Look away. Because <laughs> Optimus Prime makes TikToks now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's just him kicking Christine in the ass. <laughs> No. Uh, yes, I know. I'm, I'm old enough to not know what that is. No, so I, miss me with your ass. No, um, but <laughs> to your point, though, I think it's possible. Like, I, I don't see why it wouldn't be like maybe she's in pursuit of that first owner. Maybe he ultimately took the best care of her, which is why her which is why the brother uh, gets crunched. So I don't know. It's. But see, this 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 is kind of the point I'm making is in this viewing. I had forgotten that this was more symbiotic, right? Yeah. It, it's kind of the thing that Don, because you remember, like you said, it has a lot of classic imagery and awesome, like the Ghost Rider Christine chase. Love and it. You're like, this shit is amazing, right? Uh, Christine crunching herself to go in the out. We'll get there. There's so many amazing moments. And I remembered the moment of Christine deconstructing herself. It's one of the coolest, it might be the coolest car scene in any movie. I know car guys out there, but but you're like, I'm sorry. That's just cooler than seeing a guy go on making a turn. That's not cool to me. A car unexploding itself is fucking undeniably cool. Yes. And so this time there was this, the, the them working togetherness, I guess, had been lost on me in my previous viewings. I thought it was just a guy gets in a car that wants to kill. This is very different. Yeah. Right. So then you're left with these questions, right? Like, why doesn't she need to go look for a new owner, right? Why wouldn't Christine want a new owner as much as a guy wants that car, right? right? The reason Christine exists is to drive around and glorify some someone and herself, right? She plays the music from the golden era, right? This siren song, like, why do that? Right. You know, and then you're sitting there asking yourself, so Arnie has to know, because this is another question I had, did Christine repair herself? After Arnie had put in enough work, right? We kind of see the, it looks like Arnie's about to all the way stuff himself into some part of Christine. Oh, yeah. The next time we see the car, she is mint and cherry in a way that he could not achieve on his own. Right. Well, I mean, that part, we're talking about when she reconstructs herself, where he's like. Right. So this, this is the question, right? This gets to my simpatico nature. He comes in one day. And he's to assume either she did this himself for his, you know, he's like Jack in the, the nut stock, right? He just like dropped this magical armor all that like redid this whole car. Doesn't seem wildly concerned about it. Cause the scene when he goes, okay, show, show me. me, which is like, right. And then it's like sexual. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it literally is the same music as like someone exposing yeah. their tits. I in mean, a movie. but more to that, it's, even I think shot. he knew. And that's when he's saying, show me right now. I mean, to me, it's even shot the way like scenes where like women are like where men are just sitting there like, show me 
like draw me like one of your French girls, like even that kind of stuff. <laughs> it's really, it feels that way. Like it's shot in this way. You're like, this is super sexual, not just because of the music, but like, uh, I think Keith Leonardo Gordon, DiCaprio's up in one of the pauper apartments <laughs> in the top of the garage, and he's like, guys, I can't keep my easel still. This is too hot. Yeah, like, like the look on Arnie's face while Christine is reconstructing herself. I, I was I was sitting there. I'm like, if John Carpenter tilted the camera like a quarter inch down, you could just see the tip of his fully torqued erect. And it's yeah. just it was Arnie's just there shifting his own gears. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Arnie's definitely Arnie's definitely in that's, Arnie's definitely in manual transmission thing, at this though. point. Yes. Yeah. Oh, he's like only oh, manual. You know what I mean? But. The the question becomes though, right? Yeah, is that because I think all of us might look like that if we saw this happening with our own car. Sure, we'd be like, "Oh fuck, I've got a magical car." Now, whether that's good magic, dark magic, whatever, blood magic, who knows? Um, he doesn't seem taken aback by the magic. No, but I think at that point, as like- much as just like, but that's but this this gets to the point though, right? Because I think Christine and him dating the new girl, all this stuff has that same vibe. This is something that makes him special. It's it's that seduction. Like, it's not just him being in love with a car. It's the car deciding, like, this is the new, this is the new-ish. Like, he's Mm -hmm. seduced by the, not just the beauty of, like, the car itself, but, like, the feeling that it gives, like, feeling of power that it gives him. The drive-in scene's a great example. He's sitting there arguing with his girl. She's like, she literally like punches the seat, and he's like, "Don't do that." Like, again, it's just. <laughs> but also, don't do that. Don't destroy property when you're arguing with each punching other. Punching a leather seat certainly does not constitute destruction of property. What if she put a nick in it, and then all of a sudden you got that one little spot, a little fuzzy stick, and now you're like, "Well, now I got to play with that every time I'm driving." Then it but becomes a gaping I like what you said, though, core. where it's symbiotic. Like, it is a symbiotic. Because yeah. I think that what's interesting, you bring it up, and it's the fact that he's unfazed by the magic of this car. I think at that point, he's fully in the trance of, like, okay, I don't care what it is about this car. This car is mine, though. Like, I think it's it's yeah. it's a seduction of Okay, now the that's knowledge. the line, right? What is cool is because this movie goes out of our way to show us is that Every version of someone showing love is they love you as much as what you can do for them, right? Whether it's every guy wanting the new girl because she's the new girl, the parents, Arnie in the car and the new girl. Um, You know, even the guys, there's a when they're down to like two henchmen left, right? There's just a lady (laughs) coming out of the gas station like, I want her to come along for the ride. It's like get in the car, Garfunkel. Like, come on. You know you got no moves. Like, what the fuck are you doing? But he's like, yeah, come over here. We're going to rev my engine. I'm just making a lot of grotesque car yeah, sounds. I'm really, sorry. really, really, but really gross. I'm really into it. I, I'm loving are it. Are you a car guy now? <laughs> I think I'm a – can I get on Comedians in Cars with Coffee? Because most of us want to go, hey, Jerry. And then manually shift myself in front of him and get thrown off the show forever. But that's what I mean, though, right? It's all about – I love you as much as you can do something for me. Right. And actually, like that even extends to the 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 bromance at the heart of the movie, which is pretty fascinating. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is uh, Dennis and Arnie. Yeah. Because Dennis is the classic jock, but even Dennis is portrayed as a weakened male archetype, right? Because he is the classic jock, but he's really nice to the bullies and has a bad knee, which I thought was this cool 
addition to the classic jock character, right? Like, he seems like an actual good, caring guy. Right. But then even Arnie, right? Like, you know, because maybe that's why he does it. Oh, look, it makes me look cool and sensitive and whatnot. It never feels like they should be friends. Maybe they were for a long time. But then you see it when it flips, and all of a sudden he's not giving Arnie anything, right? Like an access to a ride or women. Right. He just shows up at the hospital. He's like, good thing you're not crippled. Here's three beers and two candles and elaborate candlestick holders. Uh, fuck you. Happy Thanksgiving. In one of the weirdest friendship scenes in all of movie history. But it's that's what I mean, right? Everything in this movie is, I love you as much as you are helping me build the monument to myself. Every character in this car is a fucking old junker yeah. that needs to be refilled from the landfill of other junkers that fill this high school in town. Right. I mean, it's a, I don't know, it's a fascinating, like, psychological experiment in general. It's like, what is it that you need, like, what is it that you need from this inanimate object? Like, for me, Arnie's relationship with Christine obviously, like, changes throughout the movie because it begins... It begins innocently, and again, it just goes. It just literally lives the course of like an abusive relationship, which is really fascinating. Like, it and it, of course it ends tragically, as all abusive relationships do. But at the same time, like his relationships with the other people, particularly Dennis and his girlfriend, surround surrounding him, they change as well. And I mean, really, what it is is like what happens to people, particularly people who maybe don't find themselves to be like lucky. I would say, like people who maybe feel like people who have a chip on their shoulder, people who feel like they maybe don't have all the, like the deck stacked against the deck is stacked against them. If they somehow got one of those cards from that deck, how would it change them? Right. And the real question is, was Arnie always like this or is it Christine influencing him? Cause I personally think that you could make the argument that Ar this was always in Arnie. Arnie was just being let loose by the magic of Christine, so to speak. I mean, yeah, well, also, I think you see that a lot. I would say that's true because he he somewhat seems to be emulating the the steroid Travolta. Guy, right, right. Totally. So it feels like, you know, when we see and I think that's another kind of a great like John Carpenter add on. Yeah. Right. Like when you give a guy something like this and he's just so good that this is almost a movie that should be beneath him. He adds those extra touches. Right. Because I thought it was the very moment that the bully steps on his glasses. Right. Mm hmm. That now Arnie can't see the reality he's always known. This is kind of a, my eyes are now freed. So, you know, is a classic, like, just picking on a bully move. But then when you get it back, his glasses are skewed and taped up. That's when he sees the car and he's like, fucking stop. Right. I got to fucking buy this rust bucket. And, you know, something. He, now he is seeing a path, right? In that car, in that moment, on that day, he sees this path. To being that guy, the guy that's tough and not taking shit, telling teachers to fuck off and carrying little tiny blades around with him. You know, he's like, this could be me. Right. And you you see that change. Right. I don't want to rely on Dennis to stand up for me and tell the teacher what happened. Right. I want to fucking do it. I want to tell my parents to suck it. And so that that's just one of those really cool. I think what you see is that, yeah, this this was always there. Right. It's almost like a reverse Superman. Right. Like he takes off the glasses and just becomes like a shitty, you know, greaser <laughs> instead of a Kryptonian, you know, superhero. <laughs> right. But I mean, that's exactly that's exactly what it is, though. It's the proliferation of the want. You know, it's uh, it's, uh, you know, it, the nerd, the nerd character in Greece wants to be Danny Zuko. 
but he's not mm-hmm. Danny Zuko. So what gives him to, what gives him the ability to be there? But if his fucking car could eat Danny Zuko, right, that makes things different. I mean, again, it's, it also makes Grease an infinitely better movie. I mean, yeah, it makes the makes the term Grease Lightning very different. You know, it's very. <laughs> oh, dude. So when you know that at the end they're like riding off in the car together, you're like, well, she'll be dead soon, and he'll be chugging beers and playing chicken in no time. <laughs> A gaunt shell of himself. <laughs> but that's like, I mean, like, I don't know. It's a fascinating thing is like the, it, it's not the inanimate, like it's the inanimate object. And granted, Christine's not an inanimate object, obviously, but it's the magic of Christine, I think is reflective only of the person who holds, who holds her, uh, holds her up. Like Arnie absolutely could have been that kind of bastard person because he's chasing a want. He always wants to be a different kind of person. People like him for who he is, but he wants to be somebody else. And I think that is like, that's the great thing about the story itself. And that's the great thing about Christine as this like avatar of evil because Christine's really not evil. She's just a reflection of the person who's driving her. And okay, now I would argue against that slightly because why does Christine? I mean, I know a lot of us have bad taste in the opposite sex or partners per se, right? Like, that's a classic trope is hey, I just love bad boys, right? That's how my wife snagged me. She was just into bad boys, right? You know, Fonzarelli's in the corner, but n- neither here nor there. Sure. Uh, why does Christine just have to pick? These dick holes, right? So it's like two questions. Like, did the first guy, she was like, oh, he's a family man. It'll be fine. He'll ride around <laughs> in me. You know, I'll have some car seats and goldfish stuffed in my, my crevasses. But then I'll also get to drive him to college. And, you know, like, Christine could have been the American car. Sure. Why'd she start carbon monoxide poisoning everyone? Well, I mean, I think And there's... making that guy become a gaunt alcoholic who's mean to everyone. Right. And calls everyone shitters. Because Christine... Maybe that's the fuel she needs is not love. Right. I mean, I don't mean to say Christine is not evil. It's an evil car. But I think that she's only as evil as the person who's driving her. And I think that's a big part of it. Right. Which but is I, that's what I'm saying is I think she only like she could have been like, hey, Dennis, like when Dennis sneaks in and she scares him off, she should have been like, come closer, baby. Like, don't play the scary like, you know, oh, bad things are happening. <laughs> play like. Splish splash, we're having a bath. Hop on in. Let's go. Right. I mean, I don't know. I mean, it's, she didn't want a Dennis. No, she, she wanted, wanted Arnie. An Arnie. And again, like, it's because, De- again, Dennis knows. This is going to sound bad, but I also think it's probably true of the movie. <laughs> Dennis knows who he is. Like, he's aware. Like, he's. Com- that doesn't sound bad at all. I thought you were going to say some crazy shit. No, Dennis knows who he, he is. It's Arnie him. who is insecure and wants to be somebody else entirely. Like, again. Yeah. I think Christine is only as powerful as you let her be as you let her become. So like all that evil can flow. Th- all that evil can really like not necessarily take over you, even though Arnie really lets it kind of go becoming like this weird ghostwriter looking motherfucker. But at the same time, like art, like pre Nick cage, <laughs> like Nick cage after leaving Las Vegas, like, <laughs> Mixed if he had sex with Nick Cage from Adaptation and was really into, you know, Ghost Rider Nick Cage. Like the three of them making Arnie. <laughs> but that's okay. Yeah. So let me let me ask you this, though. Like, here's a crazy scene because I was fascinated by the scene at the drive in, right? Where so Christine, we see the first time is when her and Arnie get out and they're like making out on the hood of the car and the friend's so like torqued, he gets almost crippled. 
He's like, oh, look at him making out with that girl. Ah! Right. You know? And uh, it has this whole supernatural nightmare tone, right? Like, did Christine somehow hit him with an illegal shot across the middle? I don't even know. But Christine seems to like it. They go to the drive-in, and she starts calling out Christine. Now, here's the weird thing, right? Christine fucks up her windshield wiper so that Arnie will scurry outside. Anything to not have an argument. I absolutely get that mindset. 100%. I'm not saying that's a sign of evil. Absolutely. But then a light emits inside the car. Seemingly, Christine is choking this lady. I still don't know how. Did it just startle no, her? No, she had a popcorn thing caught in her throat. Horse choke? She had, like, whatever she was eating. Right, but, like, what if she's just, like, chewed her food enough? Or does Christine wait for, like, that's an oversized colonel. You know, and, like, unleash the attack. That's Ewok-level tactics, if so. Well, and so... Arnie can't get in to save her, but yet the old man is allowed to pull the the old man, which, by the way, was definitely creeping on them. Yes, because that moment's played really weird, too, where Arnie's like, hey, get your hands off my girl, even though he's saving her. But you're like, also, that looks like he's just trying to get her into his evil car. That just kind of goes away. We never come back to that wildly unacceptable moment. Uh, That guy's a creep. Mr. Fogg moves to the Midwest and starts again. But um Why does Christine open the fucking door and let the old man pull her out? Why does she embarrass Arnie, who she loves? I think that's why. I mean, I think you just hit. You think that's the. You point. hit it right there, man. He, she's like, she embarrasses him. Like he's trying oh, to be. Okay. He's trying to be tough. He's trying to be like. Literally, they right before he gets out of the car, they have this fight about like, don't talk about my car like that. Like, don't do that to my car. All this shit, and then. He gets out of the car to like tend to something that probably doesn't need like she's testing him. Like, how dedicated are you? Are you going to let are you going to actually going to like try to get into this car or are you going to let this woman die because you love me more? Like to me, it's like it's a game of it's a that's a game of romantic chicken people play. So, mm-hmm. again, it's a test. And I think letting the old man in is almost like weak. You can't even fix it. You can't even do three two things at once save the human girl inside here and fix me to be fair i changed a windshield wiper last year because i'm an idiot and i'm like i'll do that horrible 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 experience by the way <laughs> that's how unmechanically inclined i am that even that i'm like reading these instructions i'm like how does this work and then i was like do i need one can i just ace ventura in a storm maybe i'll get those comical glasses that just have windshield wipers on them it was that bad. So I understand where Arnie's at. I do. At. I do, too. Level. I mean, but windshield wiper shit though, is right? If she just chokes to death in a locked car, Christine is rid of her. Right. So this almost lets you know, like, is she afraid? Because this is where the cool symbiosis thing comes, too. Is she afraid that if she pushes it that far, that Arnie will be like, that's the only girl that touched my stick shift. <laughs> now I hate you. You know, and he'll, like, leave her in grease ball city over there. And never come and write her again. Right. I mean, so it's maybe that's what Christine does. She can't just straight up kill her. No, right. The same way that Christine didn't kill Dennis, sent Dennis away. No, it's you know, it's, it's because sending, those people somewhat matter to Arnie. It's sending a message. Like I think that's an important. Like this is like a thing that this is a thing. Like I actually was talking to my wife, my wife about this. She's like, do guys fight? Like guys, when you when guys fight or they get angry with each other, they just like eventually let it go. Women plan and plot and do all this other stuff. It's cat and mouse. <laughs> and she's like, you guys are fucking amateurs when it comes to this kind of stuff. Like when we don't like each other, we make it like very, we make it 
apparent but not so like we'll just like grin fuck you the entire time and i'm like that makes sense and then we were watching this today i was like andrea's is gonna have to send me uh an exact definition of what grin fucking is <laughs> i've never heard that term in my life oh, look it up but it sounds like the name of a movie i would watch probably but in any sense it just it just <laughs> it just means you smile to someone's face even though you fucking hate them but at the same time well, no, like when i grew up and you grew up in high school right it felt like to me if two guys had a fight, you would make fun of each other until it got to the point where you're like, are we really mad about this? And they'd be like, yeah. All right, well, let's start punching each other. And that was kind that of was it. how it went. There wasn't a lot of, like, forethought into right. it. And then usually once you punched it out, it was over. It was okay. You both got some licks in. You get pulled apart. And you're like, ah, I don't want detentions right. anymore. It's fine. All the women I went to school with, their vendettas lasted years. I was always impressed. Like, Having to keep up was pretty like and again when yeah. you live in like bitchy Midwest, it's really easy. So you sit there and you're like, <laughs> "Hey, how dare you? Hey, man, I won't have your coastal elite insults lobbing down on us here in the true America." You and I both know that this is how this goes. In Northeast Ohio, I have there's still grudges. I I've 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 heard still last. Yeah, well, that's what I was saying. I am like the stereotypical caddy lady from high school movies of that era because I I can hold a grudge. Oh yeah. But I can hold a good grip, so I get that it. That to me is what it is. Like Christine is Christine's yeah. testing, but also Christine's like, I got this. But that is that is a fucking weird extra thing to add into the I drive a devil car movie, right? We don't know where Christine comes from or her magic. Right. To me, the movie by the end is kind of making this argument that, like, almost like Frosty the Snowman, right, or <laughs> Pinocchio, like. She's forced into existence because someone has this massive affection for them, right? So maybe that is the thing Christine feeds on. But it, it's so weird that my devil car won't kill my girlfriend because it knows it'll push me to... That extra element of emotion is really the separating factor for Christine to other movies of right. this ilk. But I That's a weird fucking flex. But I also think that that's what... Let me ask you this, though. One more. Why do you do you think it is extra important that Christine goes out to murder these bullies without Arnie being there? Yes. But why though? Because he knows he wants it. Because it's Arnie. Because it's Christine proving loyalty. It's like it's like Arnie's not strong. Well, enough. those bullies too. It's almost like she's getting her own revenge for when they fucking. I smash mean, her to that me. is absolutely. I mean, that's probably chiefly what it is. Like. They've the wrecking crew came in, smashed that shit to bits, and she's like, "Fine, fuck these guys. Like, I'll just take care of it myself." But then yeah. on the other hand, when you think about it and you extrapolate that Christine kind of the Christine flexes, she's saying, "I don't need someone. To, I don't need a man. I can do this on my own." Like, there's a lot of that going on. But but she could have done that when she was in a guy who needs a sandwich and better lingo's yard. I mean, she's Biden. She she does want the man, but she's. No, I was wondering if it was supposed to be an alibi scenario where they'd plan it out and he'd be like, oh, I'm running errands tonight. Like, could it have been running people? No, I mean, like, that's just too easy. I mean, first off, she was not not like she was going to leave fucking witnesses. She was killing everybody. (laughs) That poor gas station ginger. Who just pops that's like my that's, that's my favorite explode. part is he's just like trying to run out and then Christine just blows them all to hell. You're like this poor guy didn't even mean it. 
I think if I remember right, that actor is the guy who was in Friday the 13th part one or two. Really? And he's one of the only goofy counselors who never met an inn. You know what's interesting? Like he just kind of disappeared. I think it was Halloween. The Grease. Or the, Friday the 13th. The what Greaser that the gets run over in the actual uh, parking, like in the garage, is the guy who gets electrocuted a bunch in the Ghostbusters movie. That's what I remember yeah, right. him from. <laughs> Not any other movie he's been in. It's just that scene alone. And I'm like, because you know why? Because I was watching it and I had totally forgotten he was in it. I was like, hey, that guy. He has poofy hair in another movie too. Like is absurdly. There's poofy only hair. like five of those poofy hair. Absurdly fellas. poofy hair. But yeah, I, I'm. I can't say much. But yes, I know. But ultimately, <laughs> no. Yeah, but that's that's what I mean, though. It feels, it feels almost like an alibi, right? It could, but I think that's too. Because I think he I think would be too torqued, simple. right? Like, because there there is a a you know natural born killers version of this, where she's just like, get in, Arnie. <laughs> And he is just, you know, putting the, you know, wax coat all oh, over yeah. that interior sure. as he's just watching him and Christine's bullies he is, he, he is armor-alling all over yeah. that steering wheel. Yeah, absolutely. And that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> the fact that he's left out, I was like, oh, is this criminal mastermind shit? Because it is like Harry Dean Stanton as the detective is clearly on to, they don't even make that coat of paint, blah, blah, blah. But you can't prove magical car. I think that you she can't just, prove. I oh, mean, we saw a fiery Ghost Rider car, and now it's. I truly again. think she did it because they fucked her up, so she's out for revenge. But then, like, why kill the guy that owns the garage? I mean, I don't know. That's I, 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 only because he saw that it was a ghost. It was a Duncan Duncan Dutchman or a Flying Dutchman, a ghost ship. <laughs> I guess. I don't know. A Duncan Dutchman. It's a Rick Schmitz. <laughs> wow. Old Indiana, Indiana Pacers. Oh, my goodness. Wow. What a dig. <laughs> Loved it. That was perfect. <laughs> that's the pod right there. Rick. That's how you know you're from Indiana. You think the Flying Dutchman is the Duncan that's Dutchman. Per- that's perfect, man. That's <laughs> any any pod that comes up with Rick Smith's references. That that That's going to number one on the charts for sure. Yeah, I don't know, man. I mean. Fuck you, Rogan. We're ascending. I think. <laughs> I think chasing down, I think chasing down the greasers, like like the like the Moochie death is one of my all time favorite. De- like one of like man, that scene is uh, well one that scene is fucking insane because we just casually throw in because Moochie has two of the weirder scenes in the movie, yeah. which is one when he comes and grabs Denny from behind and just grabs his dick area and is like. Ugh. Yeah, you look good. It's real like weird. Bullying real uncomfortable. Though. Yeah, it's it's like if you're bullying, that's not the move, right? That's not how you do that. Worst bully that's ever. That's not tough bullying. Yeah. But then you get this. But I actually think that scene's amazing because when we see him just get dropped off in the industrial wasteland by a trucker, yeah. clearly with no destination, you're like, oh, my God, he's just getting reupholstered in these truckers' cabs. You know what I mean? I love I really at the end of my innuendos with cartoon. Yeah, wow, yeah. you are really going like, for Mucci's it like, just getting reupholstered left and this right. This might be you know our most innuendo-laden show. I'm actually really <laughs> impressed we've gone this far without running out. I don't out. know hardly any more car terms unless I can work in fuzzy dice. I'm, I'm almost out. But, but that's a or hood ornament, right? He was the hood ornament for oh, all these There truckers. it is. Okay, Let's cool. Fuzzy dice is the yeah, last one but, left. So they let him out, right? And it almost gives you this moment where you're like, oh, my God. Because it, it's reinforcing this theme of all of these characters. It's this kind of toxic masculinity movie where it's 
all of these guys are just desperately trying to be something that makes them not a victim. Right. Right. So this closeted gay kid becomes a bully, mm-hmm. you know, just so he can try to not, you know, get found out and picked on perhaps. So then by the time Christine's running him down, you're like, oh, like that's not the only guy that uh, he's the he's only, the only guy, guy in the bully crew where you're like, that's it's, not. It feels you feel somewhat bad for him, right? Garfunkel and Travolta, you're like, those guys are just out creeping all yeah, over. Like you I don't knew feel they were up to no good, but Moochie, yeah, just it feels wrong. Like you know, he, I don't know, poor Mooch. You know, I really feel bad for but him. But then that scene though, because the cool thing is when he gets cornered in the alley, it's a little too small. When Christine just revs it, yeah, and she's fucking ripping her body apart mm-hmm. to go in and get him. Oh my god! I mean that scene. It's it's just visceral, right? This car is destroying its own body. And I I don't know anything about cars, but I know car guys are all neurotic. They carry little things to wipe their car. Oh, yeah. oh there might be a, a dud on it. And to see this car, this collector's piece, rip itself apart to taste blood, is fucking crazy. pretty awesome. And it actually leads me to one of my favorite lines, where uh, Harry Dean stands like just talking to wildly on the edge of becoming a school shooter, Arnie, and he's just like, you know. Uh, we had to scoop his legs up with a shovel. And Arnie just goes, isn't that what you're supposed to do with pieces of shit? <laughs> scoop them up with a shovel? That's like, oh my God. Yes. But that line goes hard. Yes. Oh my God, dude. Yeah, at that point, Arnie's like fully, <laughs> Arnie's like fully on his way to being a total like gaunt, you know, Nicolas Cage ripoff shit bag. Like, God damn, dude. It's such a great. So good. There's a universe where Nicolas Cage was in this movie, and it's the greatest film <laughs> that has ever been made. Oh, totally. No, without question. But here's the thing. Nicolas Cage was Christine, so that, that changes everything. No, Nicolas Cage screaming at Harry Dean Stanton about how to properly scoop shit legs. I mean, that's just one of those, like, cinema fans will mourn forever. Just, oh, I could have seen it do that. Right? Skip all that once bitten and all that shit. Get in on Christine yeah, totally. Absolutely. Right? Just go straight into this phase of your career. Yeah. I. But that's what I mean, right? That death to me was a really awesome signifier, right? That, because she's that willing the favorite to go the thing extra this movie mile. Does, yeah, and destroy herself, <laughs> extra mile. right? Wow. It, ah, <laughs> more cars. Better get our car, our wheels rotated. Well, I don't know what that means, but <laughs> but uh, but it's, uh, it's cool, though, right? Because, again... Between that scene and then Ghost Rider Christine, who's smashing this other dude's new car, yeah. when Christine comes out as the Ghost Rider car, that's Christine's true form. Yeah. And so I love that every scene is just playing with this absolute fucking, you know, uh, monster truck rallying of whatever kind of facade you've I set think up for you. Other than the show me scene, the just sequence of her chasing down that guy running down the road as she's the Ghost Rider car is. Also, okay, so awesome. I got to get to this between him and Mooch. Like, Mooch gets driven up a home. He jumps on a divider. Yeah. Stay on the goddamn divider. Come on, man. There's no way Christine's getting on the divider. Don't get down and try to run it in your sweatshirt that is way too small. I know how that sweatshirt feels. I own them still, even though I've outgrown them. You try to wear them, and you're all like, yeah, ah, ah. Like, you can't, like, do a full, like, you know what I mean? Yes. One of the, whatever that move's called Absolute, for bodybuilder. Yeah. Guys. Whatever it's and called. so don't try to run it. If you're running away from a car on a paved flat surface, I don't think the world needs you. That's my theory. That's my take. But that, that, <laughs> but that scene, like 
it's just the stillness of that scene too where the car is driving down the street like road just ready to fucking run that greaser guy down and that is to me like that's john carpenter's like signature stuff like the quietness Mm -hmm. of it and the stillness of that moment as it's like going down like you're like fuck dude this is gonna happen while it's driving fast. Yeah. It still feels very. It feels yeah. very. But that's what it, I the, mean. The, though. And it's then, the creep. It's the creep we keep talking yeah. about in any other John Carpenter, like specifically Halloween, but like any John Carpenter movie, his pacing. The fog does it. Fog does well. it too. Like his pacing is so exceptional to all these other movies, and Christine's no different. Particularly this scene, which is just so filled with. You know, it's gonna happen. There's nothing about it that's mm-hmm. going to prevent this guy from not getting run over. But, like, the foreboding of it, you're like, oh, maybe he can, like, run into the, you know, maybe he can stop running in the middle of the road like a fucking idiot. But, no, it's fine. But that's beside but the, the point. The thing about that scene, too, is just how casual it is for us to see the villain of the movie. Well, not really the villain by the end. He might be the villain that kicked it off. But now we have our new revenge villain in Arnie and Christine. Right. But just the way he's just like, burr, burr, he's just like a speed bump and it's done. Right. It's not a big deal. No. And so there is this. If it's this awesome, amazing splatter death, like Mooch got almost, it makes it feel like it was worth it. But when you watch this scene and you see Christine driving back as this fucking husk of herself and then kill this, who I would argue is one of the more lovable people in the movies, the old garage guy, right? And then you're just like, this is so worthless. That's the I thought that was the cool revenge thing is they were really getting into like, this is so worthless. Yeah. Like Christine, you can just repair yourself and be a great car. But instead, you're just going to crush these teenage lives that might not have meant shit in the end. But it has a worthlessness. It's not this cool, like, yeah. It's just like, oh, it's a bummer. But yeah, I saw you roll your eyes about the garage guy. I love that motherfucker. I like that scene a lot. Like, that to me is a great. No, because him hating the young people in the movie, he comes off false, right? But what I like about him is that when Arnie's got the goods and he's actually a hard worker and he fixes the car, he's actually kind of nice to him. He has that moment I love where he's like, yeah, you know, uh, he's being gruff, but then he's like, you know, hey, change the toilet papers, walk around, you know, it's cool. Like, he's impressed with right. him almost. And this is the best line because Arnie goes, he's like, uh, I'm going to need to think about it. And the old man immediately snaps back and got to hit young people. He just goes, don't think about it too long. I'll throw you out of your ass. And he walks back to like the smoking card game. But I love that because it's just this guy again. His facade of tough old man who right. hates the young guys, right? This is a hard-working guy who's trying to put food on the table garage. I don't. He actually has a soft spot for this kid who's like, he's going to carry on our right. legacy. And, like, he shows one moment of weakness, and Arnie doesn't immediately return it with, like, hugs and kisses. He's like, fuck you! <laughs> I don't know if you noticed this. That's one of my favorite moments. I don't know if you noticed this, but this was, other than Arnie's <laughs> death at the end of the movie, I noticed that this movie is way less bloody than every other John Carpenter movie we watched. Like yeah. in like, I mean, the fog's actually not that bloody either. What? It, what's that? Uh, the fog, the fog's not that also bloody. not like a ton of blood. The fog's not that bloody. It has enough. It has like the eyeballs being gouged out. It's enough gore, but like this, right. But it's still like dry sockets. It's this not even... one to me is like, like every, like for instance, when that guy gets crushed by, uh, when that gets, when Christine crushes that guy, I mean, but doesn't that don't you feel that in your body more than almost any John Carpenter? Absolutely. Kill? I was just about that, to say that. Like, because I was going to say, brutal. I watched that Palm Springs movie and they have a scene where that happens. And I had a friend in high school that happened to. 
and watching the fucking he went back out to his car right to get something so he leaned in the doors open a drunk driver veered and fucking pinned him to his driver's side door in the front of his car and his whole lower half was like smashed watching what that did to that kid i think every time i see that in a movie now it's like one of those things like if you have like the tragedy happen to you you're like no that's not very like that kid went through hell to get his life back on track thank god he's doing great now but uh it, it that one when they killed mooch like that hurt me bad yeah. right it's like, oh <laughs> you yeah. feel like you're gonna die watching it totally tough but let's talk about the ending though yeah. actually i wanted to run you by that sure i think it's kind of the big thing we haven't discussed besides the parent right um this ending scene is all kinds of fucking weird to me uh yeah i agree Right, it's such a weird kind of showdown because scratching Christine to send her the message is a really funny way to send the message. Right? Yeah. I like that. Uh, the plan seems fine. Get her in here. We'll smash her with this bulldozer thing. Sure. Right? I must say they got me with the Christine's like ha ha and fucking comes like three musketeering out from under the tarp and shit. Yes. That really got me. Because it's like you've been watching them in here for how long? Right. And you waited until they're already in the armored vehicle? Like, what are you doing? It's... And here's the – but this is, like, the really weird part that I wanted to ask you about. Why does Christine not automatically buckle Arnie in? Oh, because she's done with him, man. No, because, see, I don't – okay, now I thought that's what you say. But here's the scene that really jumped out at me watching this. The scene when Arnie's dead in the office, right? And his body's laying yeah. there. We have that thing they do a couple times in the movie where it's as if Christine is showing something to Arnie, right? The show me. And it's a little on the nose with the headlights, right? <laughs> like, yeah, seriously. Like, every, boop, right? Yeah. And, uh, you know, she floods Arnie with this light. This, you know, now you can see clearly. Right. When Arnie is in the lights in that scene, it gives him this kind of, you know, martyr saint look in the picture. Yeah. I think Christine is actually really upset and forlorn by that. Really? I think she really regrets that Arnie is dead now. Because it's weird because the ending feels like a, a series of errors that they should be better than. Yeah. But also, I think in that scene when Arnie has that little glow, it reminded me of the scene in Lost Boys where Kiefer Sutherland, the vampire, has this little glow at the end. And you're like, oh, he was just a kid. He was just a kid who got caught up in this curse. Right. I think she actually is then incensed into rage, right? To try to get that girl that might have been... I. That's the thing. I don't know if she blames the girl for what happened to Arnie, but why not fucking buckle him in? I mean... Buckle him in. Because that's not, you know, that's not what the leader of the pack would have done. It's not butch enough. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, the leader of the pack fucking beefed it on his motorcycle. I mean, that's like... That's the ultimate tough guy thing. If Arnie's going to, what, buckle up... That's not the point of this, man. The point of this is love's danger. I mean, I guess your point is the chicken scene, right? Where he's just chugging beers and slamming it. My point is that loving cars can be dangerous, man. And uh, but no, but Arnie has that amazing line where he's like, you know, love will consume everything, right? Isn't that what he says? He's like, you know, love has a yeah. voracious love appetite. Will, love eats. It, it eats. Love everything. eats everything. Yeah. And you're like, yeah, I like that. I like that a lot. It feels lost in that moment, right? Or maybe it's like they can't love all the way unless they're on the edge. I think that he, I mean, I think that Arnie, 
I think Arnie can't love Christine unless he's all like he's now fully transformed. I think Arnie can't love Christine unless he's all the way on the edge. Oh, I see what you're saying. So yeah, he's like he's chasing the dragon. Yeah, Arnie can't, can't Arnie be. can't go back to being who he was. Arnie has to be this yeah. guy because this is what Christine loves. So this is what Christine wants. It's the whole thing. I mean, again, everything in this movie screams like the concept of just like weird kind of this psychosexual like play on masculinity and like what are you willing to give up like you're willing to get what are you willing to give up to be in love like and what right. are you trying to be in love with like are you trying to be in love that's with- the christine question why pick the arnie's because you see at the end when she's trying to drive away and this bulldozer's just stopping or whatever those fucking things are called are stopping her from getting to the girl right, right. there's this really cool scene where she's just this shadowy figure right mm-hmm in like silhouette and christine's just trying to get the car's like regrowing as it's getting smashed constantly yeah. uh you know the fucking big cat just driving right through the middle of that was such a so awesome cool and scene. it's like playing that great playing such that cool. tune is the mo- oh god yeah but it's just like this is a woman like you took my man and she's coming for totally her. i thought that showed me that she really did love arnie and did not want him to die in that moment i don't know i feel like it's more selfish than that i think it's that it's not th- maybe it's just a simple uh you know unprotected sex metaphor <laughs> maybe arnie's the one seed that gets through True. perhaps arnie right? is the one guy that got through he's the aborted fawns mm. of this movie from his fuzzy dice oh who had fuzzy dice on their <laughs> who had it on their <laughs> who had it on their bingo card oh my fuzzy dice i'm sorry one got it's just too much hair no condoms can fit no condoms can fit and one arnie got through uh <laughs> But no, I thought that was cool. I like at the end when we see the car bending again. Yeah. This will, this I like that last moment too with the car bending again, because it's telling you this version of American macho ness, right? Mm-hmm. This version of a guy who thinks he can just like fucking slap people into you know right. in line, and we're gonna go backwards in time to a time when it was great. You could just drive in your car and listen to music. Right. That that guy will always exist and will always be a problem for all you know, of us. You know what's funny? I actually think if they remade it now, it would be uh, either a Tesla or a Prius, and it would be like a real uppity person bitching about it. It'd be, are you saying that because I'm a Prius owner? That's horrible. Of I even know- We're a nice, gentle, <laughs> focused Prius owner. Thanks. <laughs> Let me tell you who it would be first off. I live in uh, the neighborhood where guys have to almost get like a fucking kitchen stepladder to get in their trucks. <laughs> That they do not use for work. They seem to just wash them in their driveways all the time and um, drive them way too fast with the... This is another thing about car guys. The car guy who plays his music the loudest always has the worst taste in music. Right? He's like, ah, this shitty tune's on. I better blast it. Uh, You know, my truck has extra cab space that I only use for subwoofers. You know? (laughs) That's another thing. By the way, I had people message me like, are you intentionally always mispronouncing words? I was like, yes. But, <laughs> but I was like, I just did it like 10 I've times. I've had that conversation with many people who listen to our show. I know. They're like, does, does he know? Is he just a moron? I'm like, yes and yes. <laughs> but no, these guys are just like, yeah, I just wash this car and play like shitty uh, beer for my horses real loud and rip ass through the neighborhood. Christine now is a giant Ford truck that gets eight miles to the gallon in the midst of global warming uh, for a guy who works at State Farm. That's what Christine is now. No, nah, I like my Tesla thing. Not us gentle Prius folk. <laughs> no, nah, I like the t- I, not us gentle Prius folk. I like I like it. Uh, I like I like now instead. Christine becomes like like 
reinforces the uppity Tesla people. Like, oh, God. Mm. Yeah. Also, I think if I drove my Tesla into Mooch, it would just, like, bounce off. I don't think it, Definitely. This is a true story of a Tesla owner. We took it through a car wash once. One of those ones where you have to, like, get on the track and it floats you through. Yeah. We got to the end, and my wife is, hits it. And it can't, it doesn't have enough power to get out of the little thing that holds the car. So she's flooring it, and I'm using my fat body to rock as hard as I can to get just enough momentum so that when the tire rolls over the like one inch impediment right. it goes Arr! and we peeled out it's like that's the first ever burnout by a Prius <laughs> so like yeah I don't think you can murder people in a Prius of death in any sense <laughs> ultimately I like I think unless they get murdered by a like oh I can't listen to any more NPR ah. <laughs> uh, ultimately I think Christine is I, 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 it's interesting. Like Christine to me feels like very passionate John Carpenter stuff. And there's things in this movie that yeah. be like only John Carpenter can make this work. So yeah. it's interesting that he looks at it as a job because to me, this is one of, this is one of the dark horse, great movies of his oeuvre, you know? Oh yeah. I mean, and it's, it's one of the great underrated movies of his, but just horror in general. Yeah. Cause it's doing all this extra stuff. Whereas American graffiti is this love letter to that culture. This is kind of the, like, you know, if that's what American Graffiti is, right? The love letter to 50s car culture. This is the uh, Dear Stan, the Eminem song version of that culture. Yes. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, it's a little darker. It's weird. It has all this extra imagery attacking this idea of, you know, that great American past, this great American man, and kind of deconstructing that and showing, you know how destructive all this can be when you're really trying to be something false all the fucking time. Right. Uh, I just think this this movie has so many layers that it does not get credit for, and to lump it in with other killer car movies, um, I think is insulting. It's I think this is by far the best. Yeah, it's of the evil car. It's movies. unfortunate because yeah, this is definitely the top. It's the one that has all the extra stuff, right? Agreed. Like, Maximum Overdrive is wildly fun. It doesn't have all the extra layers. You know what I mean? Right. Uh, it's just a fucking phenomenal movie. It's an absolute perfect movie to end John Carpenter month on. Because, again, I think what it does, John Carpenter is a great person to do Stephen King-style adaptations. Because he really is so good at putting these kind of believable male archetypes on the screen yes and watching how they deal with this fucking degradation of their masculinity and their power the reality is they thought they've known it and i think that is what john carpenter is the master of and i think christine might be his most distilled version of that theme i wouldn't put it i would agree I, it's really fucking good movie awesome. guys uh we will miss covering john carpenter for a while we will be but, back this october in our never-ending uh horror movie every day october we are doing halloween so we've already recorded some halloween so we'll get a little more john carpenter uh to be fair though we are running low on john carpenter so uh it'll be a while before we're back uh we'll be excited when we are we have enjoyed so it's much been a great month man. spending the month with our carpenter right we would give him excellent uh, reviews tell you guys to call a carpenter too man uh next month we'll do the announcement now next month alex has dropped a theme on me that actually made my jaw drop i'm like that's an awesome theme it's too good uh, it, it's, i can't believe honestly we haven't done it yet actually it's that it seems like it we seems should've. like something we should have covered already right so uh next month our theme is the 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 
pod spawns evil no, is no. that the pods right? evil spawn the pods evil spawn right so this is a evil children movie so alex pick two i pick two we might add some more but baseline we're covering the bad seed the good son uh village of the damned and orphan so a fucking stellar lineup of bastardly Super children excited and there are some others that I think are worth talking yeah. about that we might get I'm, to as well. We really should talk about Omen 2, Damien, which is like one of my all-time faves. That's true. We still have some Omen CT. I mean, it's really fun. We have some guests great. that are going to be coming on next month. Maybe we'll get them to talk about some of these. So again, guys, as always, please take a second and leave us a rating and review, especially on Apple Podcast app. Find us and shout us out on your social medias. We're there. You're there. Let's grow this party. Uh, you can email the show, filmalchemistpod at gmail.com. And you can watch our, you can watch us play with our fuzzy dice on our YouTube channel, Nerd Alchemist, plural with an S at the end. Uh, so that's it. Bon voyage, John Carpenter. You were exactly what we needed. You are the master that we kneel to. God bless. Uh, we'll be back with our evil fucking spawns next week uh, with the bad seed. Which is just chef's kiss. Uh, for the film Alchemist, I'm Josh Murphy. No,